Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are you looking to add meaning to your existence? Do you need a purpose? Something to guide you on the path of life? I'm sorry, we don't have that, but here's some gaming news. Grand Theft Auto publisher Take-Two has announced a significant cost reduction plan due to mixed earnings during their last financial quarter. However, Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick made it clear to several outlets that the company has no current plans for layoffs. They're probably still drawing those up. After all, Zelnick told GamesIndustry.biz that this year's cost cutting will be more robust than last year's cuts that did feature layoffs. That's right, that's cost cut take two. Zelnick seems to think there are alternatives this time though. He claims take two's biggest line item expense is marketing. And that surprised me. I didn't realize leaks and hacks were so expensive. They're doing it. <laughs> it's them. <laughs> Based on the state of the gaming industry, Zelnick's comments don't really put me at ease. So many gaming jobs have been cut at this point and people are trying to figure out why. While the pandemic bubble is the go-to excuse, maybe that doesn't explain how 6,000 people have lost their jobs two months into 2024. Some people are still getting COVID. Some developers who spoke to IGN suggest overspending may be one explanation. One of them claimed a mobile gaming company flew employees in from overseas for a lavish event two months before laying off 30% of their staff. It was a farewell party, they just didn't know yet. Other reports state that companies like 343 Industries and Bungie are outsourcing development to third-party studios. And some of those third-party studios claim they're suffering layoffs because their clients are now outsourcing to countries with cheaper and lower quality output. The fact is that modern AAA game design is taking longer and longer while getting more expensive. Now many publishers are hopping on genre trends for fewer, cheaper, surefire hits. But this may make the situation worse since the publishers are then left without a full slate of games for future release and there's fewer development jobs available. Plus, now there's been so many layoffs that some companies feel safe cutting jobs since another developer will take over the news cycle within two days. Voice actor Elias Tufexis has said at least two projects he's been actively working on have been scrapped, tweeting the industry is a disaster zone right now. And you can tell because there haven't been as many disaster themed video games recently. When things are good, the video game are, are sad. Zombie litmus test. There's 15 zombie games, it's doing pretty well. We are under that 15 zombie game threshold right now. Helldivers 2 is apparently too successful to the point that the servers were overloaded and employees at developer Arrowhead Game Studios needed to sleep after releasing three rapid fixes. In a Steam update published over the weekend, CEO Johan Pellestet revealed that the reason many players have difficulty connecting to the game is because there are too many players. The game's servers have a rate limit that denies connections beyond a certain amount per minute so that the system doesn't explode, basically. Seems important. Over the weekend, they increased the rate limit from 10,000 connections per minute to 20,000 and increased the concurrent player capacity from 250,000 to 360,000. But the game suffered a severe case of success as the player count reached the new capacity limit in under six minutes. 
On Monday, Arrowhead issued another patch to further improve the server situation, but they had to roll the patch back. While it was intended to fix the issues caused by the swarm of players trying to get into the game, it ended up causing significant degradation in performance for some players, according to a developer post in the official Helldivers subreddit. Popularity is dangerous. That's why I wear a fake mustache in every video I host. <laughs> it's, it could be, still could be though. <laughs> Final Fantasy Rebirth reignited the great yellow paint debate after the game's new demo features Cloud Strife climbing up some yellow rocks. And I can see how that would be controversial. You tell me you can carry that sword and climb? <laughs> if you've somehow managed to avoid the argument about yellow paint in gaming, instead living a life full of peace and perhaps fine cheeses, the issue here is that game designers often indicate that players can interact with certain objects using bright yellow paint. We last saw this conversation reignite when the Resident Evil 4 remake released and some poor NPC tripped and spilled his prized bucket of yellow paint on a ladder. Some gamers feel that this very obvious indicator ruins the immersion of the game, but apparently there are some good reasons for it. Accessibility consultant Steve Saylor says the higher contrast can help gamers with low vision or cognitive disabilities see where they need to go. But as an argument for politely guiding the average gamer, developer Dave Lockman shared how some players of his game, which is exclusively about jumping, still asked him how to jump when they were presented with a single button controller. Some have argued that unrealistic visual cues are needed more as art becomes more realistic. The director of Deathloop disagrees somewhat, tweeting, it's a choice and investment to avoid yellow paint, one that requires a lot of communication between disciplines during development. Personally, I don't know who is right but I do know that I will spend the next 12 hours with Coldplay stuck in my head. They have a song about yellow. Red. About being... The uh, Blood of Angry Men, that one? And they were all, all of it was yellow. Oh, right, yeah. Mellow yellow. Isn't it orange? <laughs> I'm pressing the jump button. What? Wait, what button do I press to do that? Now it's time for Quick Bits, brought to you by iFixit, the company that ironically wants you to fix it. Gamers know that sometimes things just don't go your way. Lake spikes? Call your service provider. Skill issue? That sounds like a skill issue. But your broken gear, uh, you, you know, and what I'm gonna say is I fix it. Their gamer bundle includes a Manta driver kit, a fix mat, thermal paste, a spudger pack, and more stuff that's also fun to say. Check it out using the link below and give your busted gaming gear a new lease on life. Some other news channels use artificial sweeteners in their quick bits, but not us. This sugar's all natural, baby. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't need to do the tongue thing. No. Fresh Nintendo Switch 2 leaks dropped this week, indicating that Nintendo's still unconfirmed yet intensely anticipated console will be backwards compatible with Switch 1 games, both digitally and physically, and I have to assume emotionally as well. This claim was first made by Nintendo-focused creator PH Brazil and seconded by fellow leaker Nate Drake on the Reset Era forums, as well as Universo Nintendo. They all also say that devs will be able to enhance their games to make use of the Switch 2's upgraded SoC, which has been rumored to be a custom Nvidia chip for like three years now. So if it shows up at the rumored reveal event in March and it's got Intel inside, I think I'm gonna quit my job. What's the point? <laughs> Only three short weeks after unseating Counter-Strike 2 in terms of active players, Pal World has set yet another record. 
the biggest drop in concurrent players over two weeks in Steam history, with 1.3 million fewer players than its January peak. That being said, averaging over 700,000 players is nothing to sneeze at for a small studio like Pocket Pair, who are apparently hiring immediately for all positions within the company. And we better hope they find those new employees the humane way, considering they made a cute cartoon game where you can catch human beings and force them to work in sweatshops. Dungeons and Dave, Dragons. I choose you! <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and just like a player in a D&D campaign, Wizards of the Coast is very late, and they don't seem to be taking it seriously. <laughs> While the game's real 50th was last month, the celebration is kicking off in March with a Lego set, Converse shoes, and some sort of Pop-Tarts par partnership. Sure. <laughs> Asmodeus, did you eat all the strawberry? Having said that, they also announced six classic adventures from D&D's history would be remastered in the upcoming Quests from the Infinite Staircase. Having said that, they also revealed the 2024 revision of the fifth edition won't be fully released until 2025, since that's when the revised Monster Manual will come out. You know, it's fine. If there's one group of people used to waiting, it's Dungeon Masters. I like you threw that in there for them. They must like that. Speaking of both Ds, Larian Studios has teased more details for their sixth major patch to Baldur's Gate 3, which should be going live sometime this week. The patch reportedly includes new camp idol animations, several bug fixes, as well as quality of life measures, like the ability to invite a companion into the party and dismiss another one simultaneously. You want me to have six separate conversations just to swap out my three-person party? That's not a party at all. See, fixing this proves that Larian really gets BG3 players. They even added new and improved snogging animations because they know the real reason we're all here is to make our half-elf demon heart dolls kiss. And modders were able to reverse engineer lost courses intended for the original F-Zero from a VHS tape using AI. These courses were only available for a limited time via Satellaview, a Japanese-only add-on for the Super Famicom that would receive content broadcast via satellite. No original game data for these courses was known to exist anywhere, but fortunately, a VHS gameplay recording of all 10 courses did exist. F-Zero superfan Guy Perfect, what? Not his real name. Okay. <laughs> then made a machine learning tool that could analyze the recording to identify controller inputs frame by frame and produce a frame-perfect emulation of that footage. What? He was then able to remake the map using this data and help from a pixel artist. The result was far more successful than Guy Perfect's previous attempt to restore the courses, getting Nintendo to return his calls. And you should return on Thursday when we'll have even more gaming news. Unlike Satellaview, it never stops. Yeah, that's right, I'm calling you out. Dead 90s <laughs> defunct Japanese only service. It's about time someone did. <laughs>